So the, the trajectory of the Christian life is not to be in control, but to be under control. Mm-hmm. In control is God's responsibility. Mm. Under control is my responsibility. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So what are the things that I'm supposed to control, especially when we're talking about self-control? I'm responsible for controlling what I think, mm. my attitude, what I say, and my behaviors. Mm. Those are the things that I'm responsible for. Those are the things I'm supposed to control. God has zero expectation that I'm trying to control anything outside of that. Mm. That's really helpful. Rick, I'm excited that we get to launch a new series on the podcast now to go along with the new series of messages from the He Gets Us campaign. I'm excited for this. Yeah, I'm glad you are. I've been looking forward to it too. I would imagine that there are some people who are like, wait a second, are we doing a message series based on a commercial? It's actually it's actually a lot bigger than that. The He Gets Us campaign is exactly that. It is a, it's Yeah, a, explain He Gets Us. It, it's, it's a massive campaign of, we don't exactly know who all the funders are behind it. Many um, of Donated anonymously. That's mm-hmm. right. There, I mean, many, many, many millions of dollars to try to create this campaign to get people to either consider Jesus or reconsider Jesus. And if you go to the website, if you read it, or if you talk to some of the theologians um, who have been tasked with helping them craft this, the whole goal is to get people to think about Jesus, to read the gospel, and to connect with a local church. Mm-hmm. Those are the kinds of things that I can get on that I can get on board Absolutely. with. Absolutely. And, uh, and really what these these commercials do, you saw them in the Super Bowl, you'll see billboards, you'll, you'll see commercials on social media or just when you're watching TV, where they're trying to get their... I don't think they're trying to shock people, but in some ways they might intentionally be trying to be surprising with people. Wait a second, I never thought about Jesus in that way. Jesus, fully God, fully man, and it really highlights a lot of the humanity of Jesus to help people go, wait a second, maybe I've never thought about Jesus mm-hmm. that way before. Maybe it will cause them to go to the website and to and to go to go further. One of the cool things is, is this organization, is they bought a... a they contracted with a third-party platform that whenever someone says, hey, I want to know more, it immediately connects them with with a representative mm-hmm. from a local church in that person's area. We've signed up to mm-hmm. be a part of that. I had it, an hour-long, extremely significant conversation with a woman through that channel today. It was wonderful. Oh, that is, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, listen... Here's the thing that wants people to see Jesus, read the gospel, and connect with the local church, and it's helping people connect with our church. I'm all about it. And so preaching this message series, the the Billy Graham uh, School of Evangelism through Wheaton College, they've put together message helps uh, for pastors who, who want to teach this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? A bunch of other pastors around the country are going to be teaching this. Let's join in the effort. And really, all we're doing is making a big deal out of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. what my life's about. <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. Um, so you say they provided some message pr- 
prompt kind of things. But just to be oh. clear, the messages that are part of this series are 100% Autumn Ridge driven. There's yeah. some yeah. some some suggested passages that mm-hmm. they had. They're the ones that came up with the topics that we chose for this series. Like if you but read the, their the contents, ma- all original. If you read their material and then listen to the sermon, you'd be like, "That's not even the same thing. It's it's the same thing, but not the same thing." You mm-hmm. know. Um, and yeah, that's this that's the way it is. But I just want to make sure that they are super so appreciative. Still Autumn Ridge sermons, but that's right. Yeah, I'm not yeah. just like printing it out and just regurgitating. <laughs> it's a, I mean, you know, the the sermon that I prepared, I worked hard on it. The sermon you're going to give, you worked hard on uh-huh. it. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you launched off the series with the topic of anxiety, mm. um, and to be clear, this whole series is not about anxiety. That's just the first of, just, of many. That's right. We're going to yeah. be exploring the topics of compassion and anger and struggle and rebellion. Oh yeah, uh, looking at uh, seeing that human side of Jesus and how he encountered those things and then what we can learn from looking to that. Absolutely. This is one of, not the only reason, but one of the reasons that we have so much confidence when we come to God in prayer, when we turn to him, Mm. because Jesus gets our weaknesses. He experienced them. Mm -hmm. Uh, He experienced things in a very real way that makes us vulnerable. And yet he did so without ever sinning. Yeah. He lived the life that we should have lived. Yeah, I love that passage you brought out from Hebrews 4 in the message. I think we're going to see it a couple times throughout this series. So we're talking about anxiety. Did Jesus feel anxiety? Absolutely. Did he feel anguish? Absolutely he did. And yet, he never, it never caused him to worry. Anxiety and worry are not the same thing. Yeah, we need to say that because initially the first time I heard that in the message, and well, even before that, when it it came up on the the video that that launches the, the message... That made me a little uncomfortable at first about the idea that Jesus experienced anxiety. I would not have thought that before. But so the team did a good job. Yeah, because <laughs> it caused you. It caused you to go. Wait a second. That can't be. Right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. He did feel. He felt anguish. He felt. He felt sorrow in his soul to the point of death. He used the Greek word agonia to. De- yeah. or, or Luke used the word agonia to describe yeah. how he felt. It's deep anguish. It's it's the equivalent. It, that word means fair to translate it. Anxiety. It's not worry. Mm-hmm. It's not mistrust. It's not. It's not doubt. It's. It's. I'm feeling this. It's a heavy weight. It's a very real stress. Let me say this clearly. Jesus knew what it was like for his back to tense up, mm-hmm. for his chest to tighten, to feel the heavy. He knew mm-hmm. what it was like for his eyes to be tired from crying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he trusted God throughout the whole thing, was perfectly obedient. And by his faithfulness, we are counted faithful mm-hmm. when we trust in him. Mm-hmm. So let's 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 listen to him because he is both the ultimate authority and the ultimate insider on the human experience. He designed what it means to be human. And he lived it from the inside out. And so who better to listen to than Jesus when it yeah. comes when it comes to processing these real universal experiences that we have. Can we just sit in that for a moment, not brush by this too quickly, because I think there's something profoundly powerful at recognizing that for Jesus to feel that, that, that chest tightening kind mm-hmm. of agony, the, mm-hmm. the tears, the, mm-hmm. the ab- absolute torment of mm-hmm. something that he was dreading. Mm-hmm. And, and before we go any further, just to acknowledge that's not sin. No. 
that wasn't wrong for him to feel that way. No. And he expressed it to, to his dad, to yes. God the Father, yeah. in a way that isn't sin, but mm-hmm. just as to acknowledge some of those feelings are just part of being human. Absolutely. And it's okay. It's okay to say, I don't want this. I would rather it be different, but I want your will above all things. Yeah. And that's what the prayer in the garden was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's key to understanding this message to be able to distinguish that, that what we saw Jesus model is something that we can embrace fully as we're seeking to be like him. That we, mm-hmm. when we have those feelings, that's okay. Mm-hmm. What becomes sin, what becomes something that is not healthy for us is when we take those feelings and feed it into worry. Oh, absolutely. And so distinguishing anxiety from worry as two different things is important for understanding this message. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I don't want people to have this austere, stoic view of Jesus. Because that's just not who he was. Mm-hmm. When we see him, we we've seen the Father, right? Mm-hmm. It's so if God is compassionate and and the fruit of the Spirit are things like love and joy, right? Mm-hmm. Then Jesus is not like this one dimensional stoic, you know, as exciting as plain oatmeal kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he felt yeah. all the he felt all the feels and all the ways that are God honoring mm-hmm. in the easy moments and in the difficult moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. So anxiety and worry are different. Is mm-hmm. that is that does that seem weird? You know, I probably haven't ever really consciously thought of that before. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they maybe have triggered different ideas in my mind about anxiety, maybe having more of that feeling of dread, whereas mm-hmm. worry seems to be a little bit maybe more fear based. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm not sure that I had consciously separated those concepts as clearly as this message has. Well, maybe it's because sometimes we use. Anxiety. We just naturally, in English, mm-hmm. use anxiety as a synonym for feeling anguish. Yeah. Well, and, and who would say? Well, maybe that? even more for worry. I and, think I'd more likely say I'm just feeling really anxious right now. But you know what? We do it the other way too. We also use anxiety as a synonym for worry. Mm-hmm. It go. It goes back and forth. That's why it's important to be really precise, right? And to be and to be to be clear. Yep. And that's what we're that's what we're trying to do. So if you've always interpreted anxiety as equivalent to worry, and then you hear someone say, "Well, Jesus had anxiety too," and you rebel against that, well, that's understandable. Yeah. Let's make sure we're we're using the same words with the same definitions. Mm-hmm. So the rest of the message really focused more in on handling worry in a helpful way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By trusting in the fact that God is our heavenly Father, He is transcendent the God who is above, behind, and beyond the universe, and he is also imminent. He is immediately personal. Mm. We should think of him as dad. And I know that it might seem strange to think of God as dad, or you could even, if you're going to think about Abba, you should probably think daddy instead of instead of dad. But, mm-hmm. you know, the translating father, they would have heard it originally, back when Jesus was speaking Aramaic, or it was originally written in Greek, and people are reading that, they would hear hyper-personal in the same way that we think of, mm-hmm. think of dad. It's somehow, over the years, the word father has become like... Mm-hmm. You're like, my daughter only calls me father if she's like making fun of me. Yeah. <laughs> right. But in those warm, affectionate, those really meaningful, right. intimate moments, it's dad. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
No, I appreciate that distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get to understanding God as both our sovereign God, but also our dad, mm-hmm. uh, you talked about some counterfeit measures to trying to cope with worry. Mm-hmm. And and I appreciated that because as someone who is a self-confessed control freak, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I saw myself. <laughs> I love the illusion of control. I always want to be the person who drives. I want to hold the remote. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, and so I think that's helpful to acknowledge that, uh, that a lot of us do turn to those things. You, you, you picked especially kind of the, on the spectrum, people might gravitate towards control or they might just give in to apathy yeah. and, and just kind of, you know, throw up my hands yeah, and is, what am I going to do? You're just like, oh, I'm just not going to care. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not healthy mm-hmm. and that's not good. Yeah. And then there, we're supposed to be, um, we're supposed to have self-control. So the, the trajectory of the Christian life is not to be in control, but to be under control. Mm-hmm. In control is God's responsibility. Mm. Under control is my responsibility. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So what are the things that I'm supposed to control, especially when we're talking about self-control? I'm responsible for controlling what I think, mm. my attitude, what I say, and my behaviors. Mm. Those are the things that I'm responsible for. Those are the things I'm supposed to control. Say that I, again. My, What, what I think. think? Mm-hmm. My attitude, mm-hmm. what I say, mm-hmm. and my behaviors. Okay. Mm-hmm. God has zero expectation that I'm trying to control anything outside of that. Mm. That's really helpful. Mm-hmm. That that uh, I even like the idea for someone who does like to, <laughs> to mm-hmm. try to live under that illusion to, of control to to let the peripheral things fade away and just focus in on those four things. Now, if you could walk around with me all the time. And you would see in moments where I'm stressed, you would see me actually actually be a hypocrite and try to, <laughs> try to try to exercise control and things beyond that. But in moments where I can be calm and you know and can think and be prayerful and, and be guided by God's word, absolutely, that's it. I I control what I believe. I control what what, what I what I think, my attitude, what I say, and uh, and, and my behaviors. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Everything else, I'm trusting God. He is the one who is in control, not me. Mm, I like that. So let's talk about God being in control, this concept of God, well, not a concept, this reality of God being sovereign. Yeah. Go a little bit deeper into that context. What does it actually do in a beneficial way for the person who is really struggling with worry to believe and internalize that God is in control? This is where we really have to see both both aspects of Heavenly Father, that God is transcendent and imminent. Okay. He is powerful, authoritative, above, beyond, behind everything, and immediately personal. Okay, so I was going to separate them. So are you saying it's even better when we keep those two things combined? Well, I think that we have to separate them to like, okay, I need to understand this half, and then I need to understand that half. But in moments where we feel anxious, we got to bring those together, mm, okay. right? Because if you only think of God as being authoritative and transcendent, mm-hmm. where's the comfort, mm. right? Right? But if you only think of God as being immediate and personal, where's the confidence? Ooh, you got mm-hmm. comfort, but where's the confidence? Yeah, right. And so we've got the we've got the comfort and the confidence together. Mm-hmm. He is your dad. Who's if you have trusted in Christ, he is your dad who loves you and is there for you, and he has the power to bring about good for you no matter what happens. Mm. And so, yes, all of human history. All of you, the history of the universe, it is, it is this, this grand tapestry. God is intentionally causing some things, mm-hmm. lots of things, 
He is intentionally allowing all kinds of things. And he is intentionally not allowing things. It's so, there are going to things, he's going to allow me to sin. He doesn't cause me to sin, he's going to allow me to sin. He doesn't cause me to make foolish decisions, but he allows me to. Mm -hmm. It's part of the way that God has designed his universe. It's part of the way that God has designed people. But here's the great thing. He is a dad who loves his kids. Mm -hmm. And he exercises his might and his love in this beautiful harmony that we experience as grace. Mm -hmm. And so even when I have done dumb, stupid, wicked, sinful, regrettable things, or there are other things that have happened to me that are unjust, chaotic, that are not my fault, his sovereignty is bending all of those things to work for my good. Mm -hmm. And that's experienced as grace. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's why I can be confident. That's why I can pray that prayer. God, I trust you are my dad. I trust your authority. Do what you will in your way, in your time. I know you have my back. I'm not backing off of that. I trust you to exercise your authority in the way that you think is best. And I know it's always going to be better than what I would have picked for myself. In the grand, yeah. if I could see what you see, yeah. I would pick what you pick. Yeah. Well, I that's that why, prayer. That's why. That's why I think this is so important for anxiety. And if people came in and they were just like, Rick, just give me like just the, all the super practical stuff. Listen, there's tons of practical stuff that I want to share, right? But Christianity is not a self-help religion. Mm, it is mm -hmm. deeply, deeply, deeply theological. And we've got to get the deep theological truth. And then that's where all the highly practical stuff has real meaning and significance for you. Mm -hmm. And so you just kind of race to the end of the message and you're like, yeah, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray honestly because I know that I can cast all my anxiety on God. I know that I can get honest with other people and they're going to help me carry other believers. They're going to help me carry my burdens. I know that, yeah, listen, I need, I need to specifically just kind of list out and prayer with God that all the things that I'm grateful for, mm -hmm. I'm going to just say no to grumbling and gossip and all those things. And I'm going to find a counselor or a mentor that I can talk to. I don't want to just focus on the practical stuff. Super important. We got to have it. But it is, it is, it's just like a paper mache religion. If you don't understand mm. the deep theological truth and reality behind sure. it, you got to get your heavenly father first. Sure. Well, so in the deep theology of that, can mm -hmm. you tease out a little bit more of what you were saying about the distinction between God being sovereign, mm -hmm. that he is the authority over all of things, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily mean that he determines all things. Yeah, that's right. And listen, smart, good-hearted people disagree on that. I know. I know that there are brilliant people who don't agree with my thinking on that. There might even be people in our church who don't agree with my thinking on that. I'm doing my best to communicate God's word as I understand it to our congregation. Mm -hmm. And we know that God is not the author of sin. He is not responsible for sin. He does not cause sin. God does not cause all things. Mm -hmm. And just because God causes some things doesn't mean he causes all things. Mm -hmm. We are absolutely right to say the, the reason that there is a universe instead of not being a universe is because God sparked it into existence. Mm -hmm. The reason that Jesus went to the cross is because this is something that God preordained. He caused it. He ordained it. Nothing could stop it. Mm -hmm. The reason that Jesus rose from the dead is the same thing. There are things that God will intentionally not allow, and there's nothing that we could do to cause it. God's just not going to allow it. Mm -hmm. And then in the in-between in our lives, there's probably trillions of decisions that are in the realm of things that God allows. We're told 
You, you don't have because you haven't asked, because you haven't prayed. Mm. Well, we should pray. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change who God is. It doesn't change his ultimate design. Mm-hmm. But within this magisterial kind of tapestry of causing, allowing, and not allowing, we get to make real and meaningful choices. Our prayers matter. Our choices matter. What we do and don't do, it matters. What we believe matters. And God, as a loving Father, loves to engage us in that mm. in that arena. Mm-hmm. We can never change what He causes. Mm-hmm. We can never change what He refuses to allow. Mm-hmm. But there are lots of things that He does allow. Would you say it's fair to understand this to be that at times there are times when he would be okay with whatever wise choice we make, maybe even an unwise choice that we make, that he he gives us a a fair amount of leeway in in certain chapters of our life, but there may be certain circumstances that he's going to say, nope. This is important. I need to cause this to happen. This is why the this, problem is we don't always know which ones those are. <laughs> that's 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 exactly right. This is why wisdom is so important. This is why there's an entire book devoted to wisdom. This is why over and over and over throughout the Old Testament and in the New Testament, especially, mm-hmm. um, that we're told to live with wisdom. Mm. Wisdom cannot be reduced to rules and policies. Mm-hmm. And here's here's an example: the Apostle Paul. Just marry whoever you want. Just make sure they're a believer. Mm. You don't have to figure out, and I know I'm going to ruffle some feathers, you don't have to figure <laughs> out who's that one person that got picked for you mm. <laughs> to, to, to marry. Mm-hmm. Marry with wisdom. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you and I could geek out over theology for can, uh, as long as we want. Oh, you're say, giving can, me the let more. Let me just okay. say one more you thing. You want to say more? Let me just say one more thing <laughs> about that. This is how amazing God's sovereignty and his power is. When you make choices with wisdom that are God-honoring in the arena in which he allows things, it when you follow his way, it will be experienced so good that you will say, you will find yourself saying, it, I think God, God must have planned this. Mm-hmm. God must have designed this. So, like if you marry with wisdom, you marry somebody else who is a believer mm-hmm. and you both build your build your marriage, the foundation of your marriage on who Jesus is and his word. You do all of that. Mm-hmm. It will feel as though it was intentionally orchestrated by God. Mm. That's how his sovereignty works in our lives. Mm-hmm. I'm reflecting on that. I've felt that way about being married to Steve. I can't imagine being married to anyone else. I and feel, it just has felt like God has put so many things together to bring us together. But I feel the same way mm-hmm. about Heather. And and then all the things that comes with, with getting to be her husband and her the, her side of the family that that comes with that. Oh my goodness, this is, yeah. But if God is causing and orchestrating um, particular things in that that I'm not aware of, it, that I'm not aware of, I'm okay with that too. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to tell me all the things that he does cause and doesn't cause. Mm-hmm. He, but I know this: he's sovereign. He is. He is the ultimate authority. He's always in control, and he perfectly manages all things. Mm. Okay, so so switch from your theology hat to your pastoral hat here for a moment, because I'm okay. thinking of a um, a counseling session that I had with someone, and I'm not going to reveal any <laughs> any yeah, immediate be, details. <laughs> well, this would be the wrong place to violate <laughs> yeah. that agreement. No, totally. <laughs> and, and actually, this person isn't isn't part of our congregation anyway. Okay. Uh, but uh, but it's someone. Her job is ending, mm-hmm. and she's been frustrated looking for another job, mm-hmm. and is just saying, you know, how do I trust God in this? Does mm. He have another job lined up for me? Do I just need to wait for Him to reveal it to me? You know, what's the 
the the process in some of these things because yeah, there's kind question. of a rubber meets the road in in yeah. how do we understand God when we are feeling mm-hmm. anxiety or yeah. even worry in yeah. this case about you know was what's going to happen next if I don't get this job in time how am I going to pay my bills the, those kinds of things are real worries they're, yes they're real worries mm-hmm. people worry about that um, it is a real cause for anxiety but you can engage that anxiety and walk through that without worrying. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we talked about is worry is just misplaced faith, right? I'm going to put my trust in something other than other than Jesus. And the way that we express our faith in Jesus is not by just saying, throwing our hands in the air and say, Jesus, you've got this, and we sit back and we're passive. Faith is expressed through obedience. Mm-hmm. That's one of the ways, and it's an indistinguishable way in which faith is, faith is expressed. So this is what I'm going to do. If I'm in that situation, and I've been in that situation, I'm just going to pray, God, I'm, I'm super concerned over this. I'm feeling anxiety. I'm laying it all out before him. If there is something in particular you want me to do, if there isn't something in particular where you want me to work, I'm going to hold out the possibility that that might be. And if you, and if you have that, please help me to see it because I'm just dumb enough to get it wrong. <laughs> so I, I, God, I, I need your help. Um, help me to act with wisdom. And so I'm going to, I'm going to be looking for jobs. I'm going to be applying. I'm going to do all the things that are available to me and I'm going to try and do them in a God honoring way, in a wise way. And I'm going to be searching. And if God has picked something, I trust that he is involved and he's bringing that and bringing me to that together. But I also recognize that, that there are many jobs out there that would be wise and God honoring. Mm -hmm. And so I need to I need to try and pursue those kinds of things, and any one of those things would be good mm-hmm. and not sin, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I don't at all want people to think that I'm some sort of evangelical deist, as though God is just sit, sitting back and not engaged. He absolutely is engaged. Mm-hmm. That's part of what we're trying to bring out in the fact that he is Heavenly Father. He is sovereign and immediately close, absolutely involved in our lives. Mm-hmm. The, I don't know if this is ridiculous or not, but the picture that comes to mind is kind of like when you and I taught our kids to drive. We They were at the controls, mm-hmm. but there were still times when we reached over and grabbed the wheel. Yeah, that's happened. And, yeah. yeah, that's 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 happened. But we it's, want them to proceed yeah. driving well, driving forward, and and, yeah. and, uh, and engaging the car yeah. in inappropriate ways. But, but we're still there. Yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. And here's here's one of the ways that we know that God's going to kind of reach over and and grab controls is there's promises that He's made like one we're never going to be He's never going to let us be tempted beyond what we could bear mm. right mm-hmm. so He's not going to allow that so mm-hmm. I can trust in that mm-hmm. absolutely can can trust can trust in that that's an encouraging verse yeah well I, I mean we could easily go practical for a long long time and mm-hmm. I really appreciated that you ended the message with five principles taken from five verses that people yeah. can go to for some some really nice practical steps or, yeah. or practical handholds mm-hmm. for for dealing with it, with anxiety and worry uh, which with anxiety <laughs> see it's, it's just, still it's a tangled I get it. concept it's, it's, it's easy it's easy to use them as synonyms so we're trying to yeah. be clear there's anxiety and we're talking about anguish and then there's worry yeah which is choosing to not trust Jesus but trust in something else and instead but of these five steps, the mm-hmm. four of them made a lot of sense to me. And I thought, yep, absolutely. Those are, are great ones to mm-hmm. go to. The one about not grumbling, 
Yeah. I don't disagree with it, but but I wouldn't have thought to put that on the list. Can you maybe say something about the role of grumbling and why that could feed into things in a negative way beyond just the concept of it being a negative thing? Yeah. If the feelings of anxiety are like a fire, grumbling is just thrown on another log. Mm. Works the same way with gossip. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, there's a proverb about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so um, what you talk about is what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. And so if you're grumbling, if you're complaining, listen, you might be right. Like you might be right to be like, well, the person, this person in my life who I'm relying on, they made a dumb decision. You might be right. It's probably not helpful to dwell on it and keep talking about it and complain about it. Mm. You absolutely need to engage that. There's healthy ways and, and really good ways to engage that. But just grumbling and being argumentative and, you know, being cantankerous, that's not helping anybody. Mm. And it's certainly, it's certainly not helping you. And it's going to be super hard to actually engage in gratitude and grumbling at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So, so that's why that one, you know, as people work through those verses, I would not be surprised if someone said, Rick, I get all four of them. It's the last one. Um, you said talk to a counselor and you, you reference Proverbs there. And, and Proverbs is constantly talking about being willing to take advice and correction. Mm-hmm. And a counselor is not the only application of that, but is a meaningful one. Mm-hmm. And for folks who have experienced anxiety, I have too. For folks who's needed, who have needed a friend to help them walk through the woods of despair and depression, I've needed that too. Mm-hmm. There have been plenty of times that I've gone and met with a counselor. There have been times since being here at Autumn Ridge that I've gone and met with a counselor. And it's not because, um, it's not because something was majorly wrong with me, but there are just times that I, I know that I benefit mm-hmm. from having someone who is skilled, I mean, highly educated, highly skilled, and being able to help people process their thoughts and what they're feeling. And I've benefited from that so much. I want everyone else to feel absolutely zero uh, stigma about that. Mm-hmm. It is a good, good thing. Yes. Yes, I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for kicking off the series with such a, a relevant topic when anxiety is at an all-time high. Uh, this is a really helpful thing to focus in on as we uh, look to to a number of different circumstances in Jesus's life that uh, will be highly engaging, I believe, and uh, and really encouraging to yeah, our we've congregation. Got some, we've got some good stuff coming.